I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, what to do about the threat of diabetes. These episodes, by the way, were formerly called Functional Friday, but they were now going to land on random days, so we've renamed them simply Peak wellness. And my premise is that our health and wellness is our foundation that we build everything else on. All this self-help happens from us, from our bodies. Uh, so the more we strengthen them, the more and better we can apply new information and take action on it. So in this episode, we continue on with major health issues brought to us by listeners. And we're now going to hit on diabetes. Uh, there are some people with legit type one diabetes. There are significant things that you can do to minimize the symptoms, deal with those, uh, which you're about to hear. I'm joined by my uh, co-host for these shows, Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my best friend. And as you'll hear him say, we are all on the spectrum of diabetes. Over half of America is now struggling with either type 1 diabetes or the most pre prevalent issues, type 2 diabetes and pre-diabetes. Uh, and around minute 13 in this show, actually with the intros and stuff, I don't know if it is, but uh, as we start talking with Randy about 13 minutes in, you get into the relevance of a ketogenic diet we talk about. And around minute 30, we discuss how the average family pursuing health is still missing it so often and at risk. This is info that as a, as an individual and as a parent, I wish I had known long ago, but I'm grateful to learn now. So in the magic pill question, I had a lot of people ask about 
diabetes though. And, and I want to get into that because we've got the, you know, I was just looking at the stats you've rattled them off at this point. I think they're saying one in three Americans has prediabetes and then, and so I, I think the bulk of our merit is going to be around that. But we did have a, a handful of people t- to that question at, talk about just dealing with, if they had a magic pill, it would cure their type one diabetes. Right. So I think that's the minority, but for those folks, I mean, you've had type one diabetes and I don't think you can say you've cured type one diabetes. Yeah, correct. Uh, type one, type two, very different situations. Although here's the thing about type one is in recent years, even in the endocrinology world, I would submit that many of them, and I don't have statistics for this, but type one is likely an autoimmune condition. And that's what, you know, two times ago, I think we talked about autoimmune and nobody thinks about type one diabetes. But if you consider that it's basically the beta cells uh, or the pancreatic cells that are responsible for secreting the insulin basically get attacked by your own immune system and they then dysfunction. And by the time it's ever found, they're destroyed, right? And so the kid is two or 10 or 15 or, or 40. And that would be more unusual for it to be later on. But then all of a sudden, you know, they get sick, they go to the ER and they're in diabetic ketoacidosis, right? And super sick. It's like, oh my gosh, we have now found type one diabetes, but why is it there? And what happened? And that's always been a mystery as to what leads to type one. And it's, it's fascinating to me that even though we call it type one type, it's essentially different these are different pathological processes, but type one, you know, could theoretically be thought of as, as an autoimmune condition, some of them. And so why don't we screen our, you know, at what age, at one, at two, at three, to screen people for antibodies to the pancreatic beta islet, uh, islet cells and and what would that then, would we find pre-type 1 yeah. people? And okay, well, what's triggering the immune system to do that? There's a connection to dairy, interestingly. There's, and, and then we go right back into, well, what's the nutrition? Is there stressful environment at home? Is there abuse? Is there, and we don't know. Yeah. And so type one, now people that wrote in and said, gosh, what a, what a pain in the rear. And it is, it's just a tremendous pain in the rear yeah. to have to do your own insulin. Um, but that's probably not today's topic. Is well, it? well, but, but I will ask this. I mean, so if I'm out there as these folks are with type one diabetes, if you, Dr. James would wake up tomorrow and boom, you have type one diabetes. What are you going to do? Yeah. So how do you make So I would look at type one people and I would never say, oh, if you just change your diet, we can cure that. I would say, how do you, can you be becoming, just like I would say to Kevin Miller, a more resilient, more capable, less brittle type one. So there's lots of type ones that, you know, it's like they have to take their sugars and do the insulin 10 times a day to, to feel right because they're so brittle. They're so, and they have to keep changing their sugars all or their, their dosing regimen all the time. And these days we have continuous glucose monitors and we've got, you know, the patches on your arm. You can always know what your glucose level is. Yeah. I'm used to seeing now people, you know, you go to eat over here and we're going to get sushi and they look at, okay, I'm going to order this based on that. I'm going to 
dial up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now they wear it on their belt. Yeah. They dial it in. The machine does it automatically. So these are the insulin pumps. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 amazingly more it's better than it was in the past. And so the the technology there and it's good to be an American with good I was gonna insurance. say so so thank goodness for those yes. things. But if you're wanting to be you know, we're back to the okay, so you're you have type one, what performance level do you want? What disability right. are you okay with? We had, uh, if you, you remember years ago when we had the elite runners that stayed at our house yeah. for altitude training, uh, one of them, one of the guys on the team, I think we only had him once or something like that, but his, uh, he was known as he's, he's severely asthmatic when I mean, huh. he has asthma. Yeah. And so he's, you know, however old, you know, 19 or 25, I don't know what he was. And he's also, you know, heading towards the Olympics, but he, he that was his, uh, I wish I had his name. I, I didn't think about it till now, but you know, he had a blog and everything. But he says, this is what I have to do as an asthmatic to be able to do that. So all my buddies are over here on the team doing X, Y, Z. I'm doing that. Plus I'm doing all that. Now he wanted a performance level. And so his life was around monitoring and managing his, uh, deficiency, yeah. uh, his brokenness in there. So on that, your type one diabetes, I guess that would, that'd be interesting. So, you know, Randy, what would, what would you do? And you'd say, well, based on, I'm assuming what you want to do. So the next, so this year, do you want to do the, uh, the Pikes Peak Ascent, uh, marathon? You did the marathon. I did the ascent. You did the whole marathon. Do you want to do that? Are you competing for the nationals in the masters track and field or ultimate Frisbee or something? Or do you, are you okay to not do any of that anymore? got diabetes, but you do want to do your work. You do want to be able to do X, Y, Z. I mean, how are you going to adjust for, for type one? I'd say the biggest adjustment is I'm going personally, I'm just going to jump into no carb, Hmm. right? Like a very, very low carb type of approach. And so you're, you're fueling yourself down a ketogenic pathway. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I, and, and I think the conjecture there is you will be much less of a brittle person, much more resilience and capacity and less revolving around how many carbs am I eating and how much do I have to give myself and this and that and the other. And, and I'm not saying by any means that that's going to, you know, ameliorate everybody's problems, but if it's me and on the front side and type one, I'm going to jump down that pathway of very low carb, very consistently get into ketosis, stay there and reassess my performance. So there's things you're doing dietarily right now that you would change based on a diabetic diagnosis. Type one, diabetic. type one. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. And, and that's what I would do. I would go down that pathway. Um, we have a very brittle, very brittle patient who has been in Colorado has Barbara Davis center and that's up in Denver. And that's one our, our friend that had the daughter with the type one. And, yeah. and, uh, so world renowned center also making statements about the autoimmune likely connection. And so do you treat people then with the immunomodulators and things like that? Can you cure it? Can you rebirth the pancreatic function to so the body can start managing itself and again i think these are areas of research and looking into the future but this one patient and so her brittleness was now impacting her liver function and her 
other immunological areas. And so we worked a lot on the basics, omega-3. She had tremendous vitamin D deficiency, several. And I think all of those things just impacted her more stronger. And now that we're doing that and, and she and her mom will say, wow, you know, just doing these other things over here have made the diabetes better. Mm-hmm. So, so down the type one pathway, it's a much more um, medically oriented diagnosis than lifestyle oriented. Okay. And so there's less lifestyle things to do down that pathway. I, I say that, but then I would say, but hang on a minute, we don't really know. And that's where I think for any type one that has never jumped down those more extreme kind of pathways of fasting, even, you know, that's a, that would be a, a really tricky kind of thing because you can't do insulin if you're fasting. Well, then what do you do? Well, that's ketogenesis. Your body, just like you, if you fast, you didn't inject any carbs into your mouth. Well, your body's flopping over to a different way of doing metabolism. Yeah. And I think that would give those people more resilience and capacity and stability, but it is definitely not a magic pill. Yeah. Okay. So then pre-diabetes and yeah, I looked at the, you know, I, I pulled up just, you know, some of the Google stats. So I, I don't know. This is diabetesresearch.org. It's saying 10.5% of the U.S. population has diabetes. And that, that doesn't, it's not differentiating between type 1 or type 2 in that stat that I know of. Uh, well, let's just assume type 2. That's going to be type 2. Yeah. Uh, actually, it says type 1 diabetes accounts for about 5.2% okay. of all diagnosis. But then you come over here to the bigger one, and I think the more important one, and this is from uh, CDC, uh, pre-diabetes, uh, uh, 1 in 3 Americans have just go with that, right? So it's, it is, it's a scourge. It's a, and when in early in my, you know, I started, I was, I graduated 98. So 20 years as a doc. And back then, you know, in the zeros, early two thousands, an older person who back then is 60 and these days would be 80, but people would come in and say, you know, I don't want to have diabetes. Check me out for diabetes. I just, I don't want to be diabetic. And even back then I'm saying that, that is the wrong, that, that's, that is like smoking a pack a day and saying, just check me out for cancer. Just, you know, as long as I don't have cancer, I'm okay. And I'm like, well, you're trying to get cancer. Yeah. This is the way to get cancer. And, and then Okay, there's the, the analogy of cancer breaks down. But over here, people are now normalizing diabetes and just saying, well, gosh, it's just, it's genetic. It's the way I grew up. It, it just is. Um, I'm okay with it. Just like obesity. Let, let me, well, okay, I'm going to ask that. Let me ask some layman's terms thing because thrown around with, along with uh, or around diabetes, I hear a lot of insulin resistance type statements blood sugar levels, yeah. you know, whatever. Oh, I got to eat my blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Well, that's thrown around. Is that, are we talking the same thing or yeah. are there some different Yeah, and I love this topic. This is a daily topic with multiple people and people who are listening, you know, a third of whom can be statistically in this category. Is that the patient yesterday? Didn't you say you just had somebody? Oh, well, yeah, one of the guys, uh, We well, he, I don't want to say we, he cured, like last labs, so I'm he like, had type two. Type two, you're in. Like you've got the defined diagnosis. How, how old a guy? Uh, seventy. Oh, and he 
we we did our fast club with him and he's doing the fasting strategy low carb and all of that and so he's doing prolonged fasting and here we are you know 60 plus days later and his numbers are now non-diabetic wow he's still in the pre-diabetic numbers but he went from the diagnosis to not the diagnosis yeah now ridiculously the american medical system will call that diet controlled diabetes you're still diabetic but you're diet controlled okay uh, that's like me looking at you and say kevin you are what's that treat like willpower controlled lung can not lung cancer well like the alcoholic or they say yeah. once an alcoholic always yeah okay. like they will call you a diabetic like that diagnosis will stay on there but you're diet controlled okay it's like being like you would look at me right now and say I'm an I'm a diet controlled obese person. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so the ridiculousness of the American medical kind of uh, languaging there or whatever. I, I said, Dave, you're cured. Yeah. Well, you are curing. Yeah. Just like you right now are curing obesity by not going down that pathway. Yeah. Well, a third of our population that is a hundred million people, and you know, however many, um, uh, if that's just adults that we're talking about. Uh, are in the pre-diabetic place with insulin resistance. So it's a scale. We talk about this all the time. You're, all of us are on the spectrum of diabetes. Well, so let me ask again, the big, my big 10,000 foot layman's question of here we are, let's just take America. We're uh, more and more uh, eating less health, you know, bad lifestyle right. choices. We're not sleeping enough. We're stressing right. too much. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're doing what we're doing over here. And then we've got these categories. So you're going along and then something breaks. And it's going to manifest uh, okay. in some way. So this person's lifestyle is going to manifest and they've got autoimmune issue. This one is going to have, you know, heart disease. This one is going to have, you know, whatever. Is this just, it's one of those variation uh, uh, manifestations is di diabetes. Is that fair or is that? Yes. Or are there certain things, more specific lifestyle things that are leading to that one manifestation? Okay, in that particular case, are there more specific things? Well, yeah, uh, glucose and exercise okay. are, are for sure. But I think that your, your picture there is a decent one if you're in fifth grade, right? Like it's just too simple okay. because every one of those people groups that then it manifests as a heart attack or manifests as a this. I'm saying, no, no, no. Every single person in America, including me and you, are on the spectrum of autoimmune. Okay are on the spectrum of overweight, underweight, are on the spectrum of insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity. Every single person has the capacity to be diabetic. Yeah. Now, some are born with an increased... Predisposition. Predisposition. So, so we're back to the genetics. You see, you have yeah. genetics. So, so we're all, everybody listen to this. You have a genetic uh, soup. Leaning. Oh, Leaning. Well, okay. Okay, soup, whatever. Yeah. That is going to make you more or on that scale, more or less already predisposed. Yes, that's right. But not then, predestined. Right. But your lifestyle then is going to pull, pull the, trigger the trigger or. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. 
No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everybody's got a loaded gun for everything. Right. And we're all going to die. So everybody has the capacity for skin cancer. But if you're a Caucasian, you are more predisposed to skin cancer compared yeah. to other skin types. Yeah. And if you are born Native American, then you are genetically more predisposed to the kind of thing that leads to prediabetes, diabetes, obesity, then compared to the average somebody else. Which again, for those of you, you know, if you haven't heard the other shows, I have uh, two uh, adopted kids who are Native American and And they have issues. I'm one of them, right? So I have... A, they I'm would card carry. They would scoff at you. Uh, yeah, I'm one one hundredth Cherokee. They're Chickasaw. They're a hundred percent. But that's that's my point. I am less predisposed than they are, right. based on that genetic whatever. Well, so again, they can't. So they came out predisposed already. Now they both were born and raised initially on the reservation. So they were not only predisposed, then they were, then they began the lifestyle. They began the lifestyle. That's right. And so their trigger was being pulled. My little one for four years, my older one is still in it, you know? Uh, But my skin type compared to yours is less predisposed to skin cancer because of my native American heritage compared to your 
Northern European, whatever, if you know, and you know, and that would be true across the board for everybody Mm -hmm. and, and diabetes. And now, you know, so the genetic piece and, and the genetic code, the human genetic code in 1999 and 2000 was when, um, you know, giant, news announcements, Bill Clinton, several billion dollars investment. Hey, we, we cracked the code and everybody thought, okay, we're going to cure diabetes. We're going to cure cancer. We're going to cure everything. And, and what they found was everybody can be pre-diabetic. And there's dozens of genes that are related to the predisposition to diabetes or not. And when you start looking at the permutations of the genetic, you know, the way we're all put together, it's infinite complexity. So there, you are not going to do precision medicine based on genetics. But it's stupid. It is. The, the concept is stupid. Stop eating this. Is, this. this is here, let's get spiritual because we're, we were talking this morning about, um, I know it was yesterday, about uh, predestination, right? So folks here, we're going to get, we're going to get, uh, Oh boy, are we going to solve the, it? Go, go down the Christian. Well, that was the, the discussion there. Do you believe in predestination, you know, or, or free will or free will? Can I, uh, can I pursue and accept and acknowledge God? And then can I willfully abandon God and lose my, you know, salvation? And of course we side on the side of free will. So whatever you think about that spiritually, and if we just lost you, uh, sorry, <laughs> But on that, so diabetes, you mean, seriously, you're going to give me a medicine or something like that that keeps me from being, do I can pound enough donuts to give myself diabetes no matter what medicine, but it's terrible. I don't want that. I don't want that band-aid. No, Americans do want that. They want it very desperately. That's the magic pill question is. Well, some do. All right. But most. And I think we're talking to people in our audience of the people like, no, no, no. I'm willing to, you know, temper my donuts to give my body resilience and capacity. But if we're eating in a way, so if America's eating as they are right now, going along, same lifestyle choices, same lifestyle design that's that's leading towards death and illness and, and, and handicap. And now we get a pill that stops the manifestation of diabetes. Okay. Yeah. That does not mean there's, there's no health in that. that I was going to say, it does not have much of an impact on resilience, vitality, capacity. It just is going to band-aid that one It's going area. to keep you from that, yeah, from that. From fall, the depths of that section depths, of but your, pathology. But your yeah. performance, physically, psychologically, Don't, is going I, to be just as declined. I would say, gosh, I, I think resilience and capacity is a better word than performance. Okay. It just, well, so capacity. So, so that's okay. it. So if I'm sitting here trying to write a brilliant book and I'm going to take a pill to keep me from having diabetes, there's no way my brain can be at the capacity that than if I was living in a healthful way that there you staved go. off diabetes that's naturally. Right. But will taking that pill increase your potential capacity compared to not taking that pill? And the answer is yes. And that's, that's exactly but the healthcare this, system. We pay trillions of dollars. I say this is a high blood pressure meds. Yes. It, it, that I'll never, all of our meds. I'll never forget the guy when, so you have, I'll tell the story. You have a, I mean, it wasn't a traditional practice, but you have an insurance based model and you had patients that were seeing you as there's, you're just their doc. They like you because you're nicer and you talk with them more about their issues, but you know, it's still, we're, we're, we're you know, you're going through, then you change. Yeah. And say, no, I'm going to, I'm here to really help people. I'm going to help you get better. That is my point. And you're going to pay out of pocket for it. And the one guy that said, I just rather take the pills <laughs> and, and yeah, no, he, he got much better. He got off his statin medications. He had a life change 
And he's like, yeah, I'd, I'd rather take go back and have my donuts and my whatever. And it, but his, his, but there, okay. You don't want to use performance, but his capacity is going to decline. Yes. It can't be the best. So now we're back to what, you know, how much do you want? So yes. if you want the highest capacity, you don't give a rat's butt about a diabetes blocker pill. That's right. If that's right. It's the best prevention is proaction. Yeah. Right. The best defense is a really good offense. Just be on your side of the field scoring touchdowns over here. You don't have to worry about defense if it worked that let, way. Let me let me ask this question. I, and I meant to ask it earlier. If if, you know, if somebody's out there, because I'm sure you've had the person, somebody is out there, somebody like like us, somebody like me, and they're exercising and they're eating pretty clean. Can they still I guess if they're sure. pre, if they have some genetics, they sure. can still be pre, pre. So what would be the symptoms of, I don't even know that. What are the symptoms? Of, because I mean, you know, even on the, so this is the CDC, you know, it was like, what's, what are the, I know this is WebMD, you know, the types, types, uh, the causes of type two diabetes. And of course they always try to be real sensitive because they don't want to offend anybody. And they say, you know, it's mainly overweight, obesity and inactive lifestyle. Those, those are the main things. And what leads to those, I hope everybody listening to that has an idea of what leads. I would even, you know, it's, it's, it's not overweightness. The thing that causes overweightness is nutrition and exercise. And those are the same things that cause diabetes overweight. You know, don't hear that weight causes diabetes. Weight is a consequence. It's the things that cause weight, yes. the same things. But can yes. I still, you know, in theory, Yes, the answer is. What would be my symptoms? Uh, well, it depends on if we're talking about prediabetes or diabetes. So, uh, if you wake up tomorrow and have diabetes, then it's polydipsia, polyuria, poly I have no idea something. What that or is. Well, these are the medical school. I know. I'm saying, how do I feel? Uh, well, if you're peeing oh. out your glucose, right? If you cannot, that's what high blood sugar is. You cannot keep your sugar out of your blood and into your cells. Are you still not ask answer? I, I'm getting. I'm getting there. Right. And so, when your sugar then floats around in your bloodstream, it changes the metabolism. And so you wind up peeing a lot. So because uh, through, we always talk about osmosis uh, and, you know, but it will pull, pull water out of your cells to balance out the increased glucose in the bloodstream. And you got to pee that off. Is it going to be like a different, like yellower or clearer? Or is that matter? If you taste it, it'll be sweet. That's gross. That and that used to be the diagnostic way hundreds of years ago. They would taste the, the physician would taste the urine, huh. and sweet urine is like, oh, now you've got diabetes. But you're already way down that pathway. Yeah, um, and therefore you also get very thirsty. So that's the kids with type one. They're just thirsty, 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 and they are peeing, 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 peeing. and mm -hmm. because of that, you're not getting glucose into the cells, and the type ones will lose weight. You never see an overweight type one. Huh. They're always, even our friend and daughter, you know, they're skinny. That's they're, true. I have, I have some relatives that are type one and they're not. They're never overweight. overweight. I have some relatives who are type two. They're always they're overweight. Yeah. yeah. And, and so huh. it's, it's, a diff, it's a different disease. They shouldn't have the same name. And so for a type two, you almost never have these symptoms because it's the slow ongoing. It's like the guy with lung cancer. You don't wake up one day and start coughing. Yeah. It's been. Well, so what would be symptoms of, of pre? Of nearly none. Wow. It is. And that's you, why you, you need it? a doctor to go and get the labs and interpret. I was going to say, and, would you see it on labs? Yes. What would you see? Yes. So these are the, these are the questions. And like we talked about the other day and, and we're trying to create a product where people can, you know, go and get labs like the ones that we talk about that you don't need a doctor, but 
So uh, you're, you're fasting glucose, you're fasting insulin, mm-hmm. your A1C, your oh, oral yes, glucose is, tolerance So you've got all my stats on those, and I, I guess I uh, Yeah, these are the ones we do all the time. I think this ought to be done in everybody all the time. At least yearly until you establish points on a curve that you know you're not becoming prediabetic. And then periodically thereafter is what, just like you can't feel the beginnings of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or liver disease, or any of those things. And that's where we say, gosh, God has blessed us with all these great labs that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's, there's, they're starting to develop insulin resistance markers. So each of the labs kind of compete. Well, here's our proprietary algorithmic numbers of how we, so we use the quest one that has an insulin resistance mm-hmm. marker, but then, so then once you get deeper into that rabbit hole, then your physiologists will start to debate about the best ones. Right. But for people out there in general, your fasting glucose, I would argue in general for people ought to be under 90. And different labs will, you know, called normal, you know, they'll draw a line at most of them will say at 99. Yeah. And I'd say under 90 would be a better indication. And an A1C uh, under 5.4 is a better indication. And so then once you get on the other side of that, what if you're 5.5 and you have a fasting glucose of 95? Are you diabetic? Are you pre? And I'd say you're becoming pre, Yeah. you know, I hate to tell you this, Kevin, but in reality, you're, you're pre-death. <laughs> and you need to buy more vitamins from me. We have people at a Bible school in our town that, you know, don't like to hear that. They don't that. like to hear that, that you're pre, and in fact, you're already dying. We could say that I'm looking at the wrinkles on your skin. And if that continues inside your body, you're going to die. Yeah. And right. We're all on the spectrum of every single subset of pathology. <sighs> and on the insulin resistance side, you have some degree of insulin resistance. And you are mostly insulin sensitive. And we saw that in the lab test. Although I think that was one of the areas where in you, we said, huh, kind of curious. Now, if you get into endurance athletics, like uh, Dave, our hundred miler guy and his glucose levels were high, way higher than expected. And and we don't know why these endurance people, you know, it, it, when you get into the extremes of performance, then the labs get a little wonky, just like your BMI scales. If you're a big buff guy, you're not going to, look right on on the right. weight charts right um so we throw off those guys right like they they need a sports medicine kind of an approach but for the average people you know fasting glucose under 90 a fasting insulin under five right and if, if you look at the charts of what's normal or what's the statistical average you know if you're at 11 or 15 I would be screaming at that person, man, you know what, if your goal in life is to be becoming pre-diabetic and insulin resistance, you're on that pathway. Okay. So good job. That, okay. And that's what I, that's what I want to ask. I'm actually going to timestamp this, uh, to tell people in the intro, because if let's take the average, no, it's not, let's, well, yeah, the average American family. Okay. But I'm going to preface what I'm going to say is average, you know, the, this is an educated, decent income, you know, these are intelligent people. I've, I'm trying to be politically just correct. Unaverage them. <laughs> well, I, I know. Okay, but these are these are people who are generally aware. Okay, they're aware of financial of what creates okay. financial, you know, health and, and wellness. It's an aspiring people. That's what okay. I like, which is our podcast audience. If you are listening to a podcast like this, you're going to be in that aspiring. What I'm going to call okay. an aspiring crowd. You're you're looking for bettering yourself in general. Okay, so where do you see them? 
because we've talked about people, we're not going to name them here, but you talk about a family and you, you, you're, you're kind of angsty with them. Look, they, they know, they know good things. These are intelligent people. Holy smokes. Why are they eating the way or living the lifestyle or letting their kids do X, Y, Z? And they're the ones that are going to pop up with a pre-diabetic or, or, or a type two diabetic kid, or they themselves are going to get it at age, whatever, 45 or something like that. Like just the, they're going along with the flow and they think it's normal and it's FDA approved food, you know, and I I'm eating, it's pretty healthy. You know, you you eat much gluten. Nah, I just couple few pieces of bread a day and (laughs) hardly any, where are we primarily missing it? Cause of course we can talk about the, you know, the native Americans and they're living on, I I can go to Gallup, New Mexico and stand at Walmart and you can see what's happening. I mean, they're coming out and then it's just a pile of sugar in in various forms. Well, I'd say that's a, that's going to be my answer is sugar, carb, glucose. Okay. Where are they missing it though? Where are they, where would they be surprised? Cause they're not reading the labels as much as you and I are. And they think it's probably good. It's gluten-free or it's, you know, low fat or it's whatever. And they have no idea the amount of what, just sugar. That's in processed yeah, the, food. The, the, the breakdown of your uh, percentage of carbohydrates, I would say it this way, that most of those people are over-sugared, over-carbed. And it's in all of those areas, you know, the, the basic meal prep that, that winds up being there's always a rice, a potato, a bread, a, a carb. There's almost always that. Now we have, we also have the low-carb people now who are are recognizing that and there's many products out there and okay um yes but still most of us and the average group of people are going to be on the over carb side okay you, you talked about this on the show and i don't remember what it is though How, what's the explanation for uh asians over here who are living on a lot rice, of rice yeah and they're not obese and they're not pre-diabetic yeah, actually, so the numbers are, they're probably in terms of the percentage of change of the, recently are, are right equal with us in Japan, probably not so much in China, but the percentage of change now that Western mindset, fast food, those kind of things, and uh, the way that, the, so for rice production, the processing um, is changing even what's going on with them. And they're not overweight, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot, and and even the Asian predisposition. And so, um, working with and even in the podcast that I listen to, if you go to the Western United States and California, that eight there's the, there's an Asian sort of body, just like we talk about Native American. There's a body type and a predisposition uh-huh. that Asian American, Filipino. We've got a patient here with Filipino, and they're skinny fat. It's it's just classic skinny fat. They're not overweight, but they've got a skinny fat metabolism and if you look at the you know so asians and i think it was called the honolulu study when they leave their home of you know heritage and then and then begin even a very aspiring healthy southern california got a good job kind of lifestyle the amount of disease is the same as everybody else in america Mm -hmm. and so um it, it you know and i don't get into, you know, percentages of carbs on your meal and percentages of proteins and things like that. And even, you know, I've shared with you that we're doing our fast club here. And so for me, there was a few days a week of doing one meal a day and then really trying to just reduce the carbs. And well, and break that down, you know, we had, uh, oh, we had Angelo, you know, Poli on the show recently talking about carbs and 
I mean, there are different types of carbs. I mean, even even okay, white yes. rice and brown rice. There's a difference. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In the glycemic load is the well, versus index. Yeah. And you look at so we think of car- potatoes is pretty much just white rice, but not sweet potatoes. Correct. Right. Or even the blue potatoes and new potatoes are different better. from the classic giant russet potatoes. Okay. You got are- po- regular pasta. Yeah, regular pasta. Then you got whole wheat pasta, and then what you. You guys use what we do, I assume, the rice pasta. Uh huh. So a better a, a better carb. No, it's not. No, no, not the rice. Maybe pasta. even worse than oh, the really? whole. Yes. Oh great. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, and even when you you go down the all this whole grain goodness is it's too much. But even within that, you know, highly processed flour versus less highly processed flour, and. If, if somebody said, well, what is the best way to eat these carbs? And, you know, you've got a sweet potato versus a, a russet potato and the ancient grains versus the highly processed right. grains. And I would say, yeah. And then you go down sourdough versus the other way. Uh, yeah, I was to say like with, with bread, I mean, obviously there's, you know, whole wheat bread. I, that's what we had, Roman meal, whole yeah. wheat bread, which, you know. Not just the brown, brown white bread. white bread, yeah. yeah. And, you know, but now today you've got. And I don't know. I, I look at it in question, but you got like a, wasn't it Famous Dave's or there's some, what the brand of bread that's uh-huh. all the seeds and nuts. And, yeah. And uh, has the Ezekiel brand. and Well, Ezekiel, which has sprouted. I uh-huh. understand that that's better. Yeah. But we still got carbs. Now that, that's. Well, is it better if you eat it every day? And and how much, and how and much, how much, how, yeah. how much quantity and, and cons- frequency, quantity and frequency yeah. of carbs. But that's one type of carb. Then we've got the carbs of fruit and vegetables i mean those are well yeah almost everything will have a carb except meat straight up meat or straight up coconut that's true because even beans are a protein. avocados will have carbs aren't in them. beans like a protein carb combo yes um but beans are, are pretty high in carbs legumes yeah and that that's what i mean that our culture has just been built on carbs and then it went low fat in the 70s 60s, 70s, 80s, and then it went high carb in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and in the 90s, we kind of had beginnings of low carb paleo. Well, now we're nearly 30, 95, 05, you know, 25 years later, and a third of us are diabetic, pre-diabetic. So it right along with that is a dramatically lowering consistency of exercise. Yeah, yeah. And those are the two chief issues hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And the thing that, that I get disappointed in is the health foods out there that are billed as healthy, that are allowed to have whatever branding on them that are horrific. The amount, yeah. especially in sugar. Like well, a, you just said it. You thought that rice pasta was better than the other pasta. Yeah. It might even be worse. Yeah, okay. And the gluten-free, 
Bread is almost guaranteed worse in many respects compared to oh, Ezekiel. Bread. It is. It's processed, highly processed. Junk. Highly, I, I don't yeah. and I don't eat eat that. But you know, looking at um, like Greek yogurt, you know, that's the you get the healthiest Greek yogurt. You can pick up one that'll have six grams, five, six, four grams of sugar uh, per serving, and then you can have the you know what's billed as the healthiest one over here with fifteen. 20, I mean, just gargantuan amount of sugar. That's the one that gets me that people think they are eating. Well, they're healthy. doing Dan and you know, play in the Kroger brand of yogurt and things like that, thinking yogurt's a health food. And then the amount of sugar that's in there. But he, but even amongst the brands, you know, take like a, what's the Stony Field Farm? Or, yeah. Is that what it is? You know, they've got healthy ones and you can have one and then one next to it. And depending on what the label is and the sugar is is doubled. No different than, you know, we've got briars. So if we're going to get ice cream, right, we're going to get briars. You get natural briars. It has five ingredients, sugar, no corn syrup, five ingredients, natural vanilla, the one right next to like three or four different yeah. French vanilla. They've got yeah. homemade vanilla yeah. and look at the ingredients. It's three times more ingredients, more sugar, corn syrup, all the crap. That's right. Within the same brand, within the same brand. And the actually, uh, that's right. The homemade one i think or whatever it was very confusing like the natural mm -hmm. one was had high fructose corn syrup and it's like wow what it's a the confusion yeah there. it's a yeah. different product uh same i see that with um um even the the milks you had almond milk coconut milk i mean how many you got cashew milk you got oat milk now all those and again one here the you know original uh vanilla whatever you can look at it in the sugar between one and the other, same brand right next to each other is double, triple yeah. on those. And it that, so that, that is what I mean that, and then even into the healthier, uh, quote unquote, kind of a drink of just something that's not water, like hint or something like that. What are they using to create the flavor? And now you've got stevia and mung fruit and all of the, you know, xylitol and all of these. We just got the soda stream. Did I tell yeah, you that? Yeah. Uh, so, which right. I love just from an environmental, we quit buying cans and bottles yeah, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I like that, but then it came or no, I don't know if it came with, or our kids got it for us for Christmas. They got us the, you know, soda stream flavoring little yeah, thing and little it, packets. And I don't even think they say, no, it's What's a, it's it? a, it's a bottle uh -huh. and it says, you know, put in three drops, which is impossible because it just pours out. But I mean, what the heck is it? If it's not sugar corn so it's some it's something <laughs> it's so, is it stevia is it i don't even know so i i quit using that but you know i just yeah i just want to point out though that you and i could have a a a breakfast let's just take a a healthy breakfast okay we've got uh granola we've got a non-dairy milk whatever soy milk mm -hmm. coconut milk uh, which isn't by definition more healthy uh, than milk exactly it's, then we've got our yogurt our healthy greek you know, yogurt. And, uh, I mean, just, just if we take those three items right there, you could have one with per serving close to 50 grams of sugar. Well, you left off the healthy fruit juices. Yeah. Okay. Then, a, then, a, for then, a, then a juice. So I'm over here with my water and then the lower, lowest sugar. And I could be probably close. I don't know if I could get under 10 grams of sugar, but I mean, it's a dramatic amount. And then you do that every day every meal and you think you're doing healthy and we're not, I and mean, it's forcing us to take the container and look at the sugar content. Though, of course, the best thing is to be eating foods that don't have a container say, and don't, don't have, have a container. There's not that much sugar in broccoli and eggs and avocado and vegetables. And, and 
But it's you and I, we like I'm on a Perrier line Perrier kind of thing. And LaCroix has another kind of whatever. And, you know, and it's because I am doing less wine at night and I do want some flavor and some whatever yeah. else. Well, I could choose, try to choose to be satisfied with water and just, you know, be done with it. But we're all humans and we're all thinking that way. You and I we're are all led same, by our appetites. Led and by you our and I are led no, no less than the no, no next less. person. And that's where I feel so sorry for a third of Americans who are now out there and we're talking to the aspiring people and we're saying there, there is a better way to satisfy your appetites righteously. If I use that word, that's a bad word. That's a judgmental. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Which is health. But we are making a judgment that, that the box of Cheerios is not as good as a different way to eat breakfast. It's not according to our parameters and of judgment. Well, sure. And that you could come to the CDC and the diabetes and they're going to, they'll line that out that, yeah, this amount of sugar and this, you know, form. And they'll back Will they? Up. No, I'm going to say that they, that their parameters are subpar, that they, that the American Heart Association puts a stamp of approval on Cheerios as a heart healthy. Yeah, that's true. And, and there is a huge debate about this, right? Like now we're at policy level and discussion. funny though? I mean, man, we, I have infants Babies that we gave Cheerios. I mean, that was like the healthy thing, you know, a little bag of Cheerios to keep the kid quiet during church yeah. or whatever. And now I would use it as packing peanuts. I'm not gonna, that's right. Or, or a treat I, or a I, cake. As cake. That's right. And I, uh, Mark Hyman, I can't remember what book, uh, I think it's in his last one, this Food Fix, says something along these lines that if we were to step back from that big picture view and take a look at the consequences of death dismemberment if you look at the consequences of diabetes and you lose a foot blindness um the consequences of the of the kinds of food that we eat if we knew that another country had injected our society with cheerios with sugar we would go to war Mm -hmm. because it's wrecking the way of life it's killing people it's taking away vitality it's putting people in nursing homes it's creating dementia and we're feeding our kids this stuff mm-hmm. willingly. And I feel sorry for us. I, I, I have, my wife has a grandmother in a home uh, who has lived a, a long life. Now she hasn't been very able-bodied for a long time. She's been lingering as you talk yeah. about for a long time, which to me is not much of a life. And I see the pictures every time that they're having you know, dinner with grandma, they post online and it is not life-giving food. It's a, a tray of brown carbohydrate uh food and it's it looks a lot like the food that is served in public schools and, and they're being militant on wearing a mask and i think man that is not the most uh that's not the thing that's most jeopardizing her health right now is is that possibility i mean we, we talked about food but now another piece of this is exercise how does that yeah factor into yeah. diabetes does it just yeah. help regulate yeah you got to spend the food Right. If you're going to put it in, you got to spend it. And what we do in America is we eat a breakfast that is way overbalanced in carbohydrates. Uh-huh. And then we don't and then we go sit in our car on the way to work and we sit at work and then it's lunchtime and uh-huh. we eat because it's lunchtime. But we haven't spent a tenth of what we just ate. We haven't spent it. But then people are hungry and, it's, and we can go into all of why am I hungry if I'm, you know, 
And it's not that you're not hungry. I'm not debating that, but how can somebody who's 10, 20, 40, hundred pounds overweight actually be hungry? It doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. So, but you are. And sometimes they're the hungriest. I mean, their and body's that's that, right. so Your inefficient. Your body is so not inefficient, but it has trained into, yes, we eat now and yes, we're Wait, hungry. So you're saying it's just mental? It's very efficiently taking what you eat and packing it away. Okay. But it's ready for the next time because you've trained it to be that way. Okay. And packing it away. And, you know, we're doing our fasting club, training people up to prolonged fasting once a week. And John's doing it. Well, he's not an overweight guy, but he was going to become that was my conjecture. He carries his weight well, and he would make a good caveman where you get to eat. And then you don't eat for three days because now you got to go find some more stuff. And his body would do that pretty well. He would. And I think, you know, that's that's we, we are all built to do that. Yeah. And now we live in a society where we eat too much breakfast and we don't spend it. Then we go and eat lunch and we don't spend that. And then it's dinner time. And then we go to bed after watching TV that, that we are, we our society is perfectly built to create diabetes. Yeah. And we are. And unfortunately, most of us are not in the aspiring crowd. We want a pill and we want trillions of dollars in R and D to be spent on this. And then we don't want to pay for the pill. If the pill were going to cost what it ought to cost and people had to pay for it and you had to quit eating so much and save your money over here and over to buy yeah. the pill. Um, but it's not going to be that way. It's not. I, it's I was, just you know, the Super Bowl is coming up in what, a week or something like that. Yeah. Watch the ads. It's going to be Doritos, <laughs> food and ads, Oreos. And what, and if there's something that's on there that says healthy, like some yogurt, look at the sugar content on the back. Well, I do remember last year there was an ad for avocados. Oh, well, God. And I have seen this pistachio ones too, like for the pistachio, United, yeah. you know, Association of Pistachio Growers, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we'll, we'll okay. go with them. We'll support them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there, I, I, it's, it's a hard topic to stop talking about. Um, but the, on the exercise thing, one of, one of the things I wanted to say is lean muscle mass. For people to understand that lean muscle mass, you know, we do a BIA. Yeah. Right. That's going to measure. And it's complex to do a, you know, how much body fat do you have and the content and that kind of thing. But to know in, in the opposite of lean muscle mass is the skinny fat. Somebody who's not technically overweight, but you got, you know, cellulite kind of stuff. And, and I tell women sort of jokingly, what you want is a bigger butt. The lean muscle part of that, not the fat content. Oh. You want a bigger core because your glute back quad hams that is your core well they even talk about that if you want to build muscle bodybuilding or whatever one of the it's almost like a catalyst is quads and glutes isn't it for some reason because yeah. it's so big or well well i don't know i don't know about bodybuilding but in it is your total amount of lean muscle mouse mass is taken in whole an endocrine organ endocrine meaning hormonal it is a part of of the control mechanism of insulin resistance and sensitivity mm -hmm. because muscle is highly sensitive to insulin. Why? Well, because when you exercise your muscle, you're, you got to get glucose in there fast and efficiently. Are you saying more muscle is a hormone regulator? Is that what yes. Saying? Yes. Not heard that. No, you haven't. And, and, you know, and people don't think about that, about it that way. It's think of a waterbed and how sloshy it is 
remember the seventies and a lot of people had water bed. I had a friend with a water bed and he had no baffle in it. I'm like, how can you stand this? Cause you move and it wiggles around. That's America with their insulin and glucose. They're flopping all over the place because those people who also have hunger and, and they can't, you know, if you go two, three hours away from and they want a snack and they say, I'm hypoglycemic, they're not, but they feel it, right? So they, they've got pounds of extra energy stored on their body, but in that moment, they feel low energy and they got to go get a snack. Yeah. That's like that waterbed sloshing around from hyper to hypo, from hyper to hypo. And you put a baffle in there. That's what reducing your carbs. That's what exercise is. Lean muscle mass is a big baffle. It removes those. And that's what you and I go to say. You ought to be able to go three days. And and we have. And you can still exercise. It doesn't kill you. You're not going to die. You might have a wave of hunger, but then you go on. And... Many Americans can't do that. They wouldn't die, but they would feel very, very bad. That's that waterbed slushing. Be withdrawal, yeah. They, they go through withdrawal. And part of that withdrawal is lack of lean muscle mass, which means lack of the appropriate kinds of consistent exercises that creates lean muscle mass. Hmm. I hope that does justice. <laughs> I know there's so much. I think people get it. I mean, it's a great show, I think, to send to people who are not aware of what is causing this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends, this should give you some key understanding of your own diabetes risk and what you can do. Coming up in our next uh, episode on peak wellness, we hit another big issue brought up by this initial question that I asked. If you had a magic pill, what health issue would you most like fixed? And this one's just on food, the issues around food, eating healthy food, not eating too much, things like that. And we start off by showcasing how food is really our greatest and most lethal drug. And we're all addicted. Me too. Absolutely. So we're trying to manage that addiction. Uh, we're not going to eradicate it because we can't stop eating food. But our hope is to upgrade the addiction to less harmful sources. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 